Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. We've got a great show planned for you. I've been sitting on a few pieces of information that I've kind of scattered throughout earlier shows, and we can dive into a little deeper tonight. Um, I have clients coming in referencing this, so I don't know if y'all are familiar with this or not, but there's some really powerful meanings to be made out of uh, an article that dropped. So, you know, again, we all live in the different worlds we live in, and I laugh when certain people reference something that's happened within the world, and they're like, how did you not hear about this? And I'm like, but how did you not hear about this? You know, Because we follow what we follow, and we listen to what we listen to. So we all kind of come in contact with the things that you know, really hit the main themes and pages we follow. Because think about it. I don't know about y'all. There was a time, though, when news came from newspapers, I guess magazines to some extent, and the news on the television, radio as well, of course. Radio news is where a lot of people are, you know, getting it on the way to work and the way home. And while at the office, maybe the TV in the background. Um, but nowadays, a lot of people get it from social media. And I, I still listen to and watch the news. <laughs> so I, I get mine from that kind of an outlet. But there are some people where it's based on whatever comes up in their feed. And again, that's going to limit and restrict what kinds of news and stories you hear about. Because if you're only hearing it from certain websites, it might be articles that only their journalists themselves have written or things that they're covering. Anyway, all that to say is within the uh, psychological world, a study was dropped and <laughs> it basically was looking at how we have a rise in the rates of singledom around heterosexual men. I'm going to try to make this applicable to uh, men that date men and women that date women as well. But basically, um, men represent and really listen to the impact of this number. Men represent hetero men. I have to add that because they're not represent 62% of dating app users. So most of the people on dating apps are men. In addition to that, the reason why they're saying that there's such a high rate of single men, lonely single men, is because of their lack of relational health. 
that it is not necessarily because of the high numbers of them on an app. It's because they are, there are high numbers of them on the app because of their lack of relational health and women are no longer willing to be in toxic relationships. I said that on the show in reference to the high divorce rate where I've said, that's not a bad thing. A lot of these marriages shouldn't exist anymore. People had been staying in things out of fear, anxiety, lack of other options, lack of a sense of desirability, whatever it might be, but that women were often staying in relationships that they weren't, you know, didn't want to be a part of, weren't good for them because they didn't want to be someone who's quote unquote divorced. And that's a horrible reason to stay in something. So on one hand, I was glad that people were leaving relationships that weren't working and that people are demanding better. Unfortunately, they're not necessarily able to always find better. And that is why we have a high rate of single men. Men have a lot of work to do. And then because of that, there's more men on the apps, which is making you know it very overwhelming for some women to figure out how to sort through and accommodate all those different men. And it works against men, even though they are in, in, in theory creating their own issue as to keeping themselves single, but the high rate of single makes it even harder for them because there's less available women, especially on the apps. So it's a feedback loop. So what's the solution? Do better, <laughs> do better, which is why I do love line, which is why I go on social media platforms and spread my message, which is why I write articles, which is why I write books, read my books, read my articles, listen to the show. Every show, no matter what the topic is, I'm trying to drop, drop, excuse me, gems and tips and tricks and perspectives and all these different things that can help us be better. I say that all the time on the show. We need to be better. We need to make people's better, better, you know, people's lives better because we're brought into them. We need to care about how we're impacting others. Uh, so, if you are a heterosexual male and you are single, every show is for you. <laughs> If you are a heterosexual female, every show is for you. If you are gay, lesbian, non-binary, every show is for you because the gay world is not necessarily doing much better. Bum, 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 bum. Now, we've talked about some of the studies in the past that have shown that. Anyway, we won't get into those things, but basically we all have work to do because the dating world isn't supposed to be something that we roll our eyes and go Ugh, about, but it, everyone does. Everyone consistently has the same perspectives on the apps. They say it with the same tone and they make the same sick face and they go, uh, dating apps. The only reason why dating is so complicated and so hard is we make it that way. If people were healthier, if people were more honest, if people were more loving and compassionate with how they start dating, are during dating, and also how they end relationships when dating, people would feel cared for. People wouldn't be afraid of that process. People would be enjoying it. Again, it could be fun. It could actually feel good. But I think a lot of the problems are we still gender a lot of our dating perspectives. We'll come back and talk about that. We still have the wrong idea as to what dating is about. We'll come back and talk about that. But I wanted to just really reference that research and that study and the, 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 the wider, wider impact of such a thing. And it's not going to cure itself or fix itself anytime soon, as evidenced by the other TikTok stories and other stories in general on social media that are going uh, viral, where people are still perpetuating the same toxic masculinity in terms of dating, the same sexism, the same misogyny. Hurts my heart. And that's probably the problem. So we're going to go back and talk about that. And of course, we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Stick around, more to come. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. 
You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Oh, Rachel, we're back and talking about this big article that was talking about how we have the highest rate of singledom among straight men and that it's, you know, very much so born out of a lack of relational skills and not being healthy, women no longer being willing to deal with that. As a result of that, men are about 62% of the users on dating apps. So that's way too many options. Women are feeling really stressed and burned out about how to sort through all of that. And I was just saying on the earlier segment that uh, shows us where our work is. And that's not necessarily very different in the gay community. Um, I, and I see these memes and I see these articles and I see these videos and it's a lot of people perpetuating the same old school dating advice that gets us into these issues. Uh, what all men want, what all women need. And, you know, I say this all the time. If, if you date someone with traditional values, you have to also deal with the shadow side of that. Um, if you want someone who's always in control, then you're with someone who's always in control. And if you want someone who does things that fall under, again, old school sexist, sexist values, then you're dating someone who's all about sexist values. They might pay for dinner, always ask you out and pick up the tab. But what's the shadow side of that? They're going to expect to uh, tell you what to do, who you can be friends with and go through your phone. And we're really in a time when we're trying to step out of those standards, which aren't rooted in anything but misogyny, patriarchy, toxic masculinity, and control. That's what that was always about. And yeah, we're, we're asking people of all genders, regardless of their gender expression, to try to pick up the bill sometimes, to also practice some level of assertion. And that's part of the female movement for empowerment and equality is the expectation of the same expectations but we can't pick and choose where those things are balanced. It's a really confusing thing for someone to say, I want, I want to shift the expectations in one domain. I want more empowerment financially in the workplace, at home, labor distribution, but I still actually want to be in a passive position and give you the responsibility and put the expectations on you to handle you know, dating and opening the door and paying for dinner and all of that. That's a very, that's a very, that's not equality. That's not equity. And that's some old school values. Now, for those that are in same sex relationships, that still shows up the masculine versus the feminine person, top versus bottom. And what it really all comes down to is we need to, as I say on this show all the time, 
what are we looking for and how can we be part of our own solution? Because I, I see far too many people, again, getting in their own way. Why? Well, because the decisions they make and what they want and their vision of a relationship and their expectations are not often coming from empowerment or their better self. It's often coming from their more anxious, lower self. When people itemize what they want in a relationship, it's usually them showing their weaknesses, the work they don't want to do. And usually we need to be more like the person we want to be with. You want someone who's a little bit more assertive, that's a sign you probably need to be a little more assertive. You want someone who's very financially grounded, it might be a sign that you need to. Often we want someone to provide that which we can't. And on one level, it's appropriate to want to counterbalance or to have borrowed functioning from someone. On the other hand, that might be another example of how we keep ourselves single or trapped in a bad relationship. Sit with that for a second. Part of being in a healthy relationship, moving towards it, shifting it towards, or getting into a relationship is dismantling where and how we get in our own way. We have to ask ourselves that. That's what healthy people do. In a relationship or while single, how might I be my own worst enemy? How might I be keeping myself away from stepping into that which I want to have? How might I be getting in my own way? You got to always ask yourself that. Because again, I've said this on the show a billion, billion, million times, and I will again. A lot of the things we think we need are rooted from our ego and our weakness. And we really, in a healthy partnership, just find someone who's living their life, we're living our lives, and we just want to spend time and enjoy each other. We're not trying to get anything. The idea I have to get something from this is coming from a weak place. Think about that. I'm, I'm doing a lot of research for a project I'm going to be working on, um, and it's around affairs and infidelity. And what I think is just relatable to this topic from, from the research I'm doing, and more importantly, the theories I'm developing, is this idea that the goals should, the goals, the goals you have, should not be the focus of the relationship. The relationship itself should be. But we too often get hung up on thinking the relationship is only about or in service of the vision we have. Oh, well, I want kids, or I wanna own a home, or I wanna feel like a, a full, true, complete adult, and that will be that will be demonstrated by being married, having a ring on my favorite finger, being engaged, buying a home. And it's like, yeah, but you're forgetting about and not discussing the relationship itself. You're talking about it being a vehicle towards and for these other things, and that's what you're focused on, to the detriment of the relationship itself. It's kind of like we can do that with parenting as well, where you want your child to achieve certain things and you get hung up on who you want them to be, what you want them to achieve, and what kind of parent you want to be seen as, as a result of what your child's doing. And you actually forget to just focus on the relationship relationship you have with that child? Do they feel close to? Do they feel cared for? Like the day to day. And we often do that. We get focused on the goals for the relationship or for our lives and forget about the relationship itself. Do I like this person? Do, do I enjoy them? What's our time like together? How do we manage conflict? We get so hung up on what we're trying to get. And that's why we get hung up on what we think we need from a partner and how to get there. And I spent a, um, I spent a whole show on this a while back. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it. But and I remember laughing, saying, don't send me any emails about pets as a result of this, because it's an example, it's a metaphor. Um, we often only care about or love people to the extent of our comfort. And that's not love. That's something else. Let me say that differently. True love is where we care for this other person. True love is being happy when they're happy. True love is wanting what's best for them. That is not how we tend to run our romantic relationships. 
or most of our relationships are run where we will love you as long as it doesn't have to make me uncomfortable or put me out. And if it does, then I'm going to prioritize myself. And it's going to be really about me centering and honoring my comfort, not really centering love and what you need and what's best for you and what makes you happy. So it's a little conditional. It's, we have a lot of conditional love. I'll love you as long as it doesn't put me out or, or, or challenge my life or make, or make it hard for me in any way. We want things easy. It's not love. We'll talk more about that. Stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Oh, all right, y'all, we're back. And all of this was really, you know, begun with a, um, an article. And, and I was just sitting with the impacts of this. And for those that are just kind of joining us now, it's this article, it was, it was very short. <laughs> there wasn't much to it. It was just pointing out that uh, we have the highest rate of single men, straight men right now. And as a result of that, that there's way more of them on the dating apps and there are women and that's not a good thing for the men. It's not a good thing for the women. They're overwhelmed. But a lot of that is born out of men not being relationally healthy and women are not settling down and dealing with it anymore. And we're not really looking necessarily at the ramifications of that in the, within the gay community as much as just saying we all have a lot of work to do and we all have to really pay attention to how relationally healthy we are. And I was taking that further and I was saying, you know, we don't even know what love is. And here's where we kind of jump back in. And I was saying a lot of us love to the limits of what's comfortable for us. So it's conditional. If your love stops at some point and it stops where it most stops, for, where it mo you know, generally stops for most people, which is as long as it doesn't interrupt me or my life or doesn't put me out in any way, that is conditional love. And for me, that's actually not love. That is something else. We don't have the best word for it. There's an old psychoanalytic term. It's quite complex, so just go with it. It's called cathexis. That's called cathecting someone. Now, for you, those of you that are psychological geeks, you're not going to get very far trying to research that word and apply it. It's, it's a very clunky term, and I'm kind of um, um, reappropriating its use. But essentially, it's basically saying it's a level of care. It's a conditional love. And my favorite example, and for some of you, you don't like hearing this, so just sit with it. Don't email me about it. That's how we often um, run our relationship with our pets. We treat our partners like our pets. Um, we don't support what's in the best interest of your pet. You don't. You support what's in your best interest. And you want them to live a life based on what makes you comfortable and keeps you comfortable. You don't want to be put out by them. You do not support your pet's individuation on autonomy and what they need. You're like, I'm going to instead say, stay off the table, stay quiet when I need you to be quiet, have needs that only fit within my bounds of energy and what's possible, what I want to deal with. And a lot of us do that with our love relationships. We don't actually support them doing what they need, uh, going after what makes sense to them. If they're happy, we're happy. And that's true love is saying, yeah, it might put me out sometimes, but I'm there for you. Oh, you want to go back to school? Great. We, let's talk about finances and how to make that work. Oh, you might want to take a job in a different city. Okay, let's talk about how that would impact us and, and whether or not we can figure out how to make this work long-term with it being long distance. We often are like, nope, I'm going to love you to the, to the limits of what makes me comfortable or what I want to deal with. We have a vision of what we think it should be, and the vision is easy. <laughs> and I was also adding to that, a lot of us focus on the goals of the relationship to the detriment of the relationship itself. The relationship is really for us a vehicle towards all these things we think we want and need, financial security, a family, feeling like an adult, being married because all of your friends are. And it's like, so the relationship is about getting those things, but how's the relationship itself feel? Do you get along? Do you enjoy each other? Do you feel safe? And a lot of people, it's not about that. They just want to have this thing. And um, that is part of what is making there be so many single men. 
and we're all parts of, uh, we are all a part of creating and sustaining that system. Um, people themselves will say, you know, I want something healthier. I want more autonomy. I want more freedom, but then we will in other ways really kind of give up on that. So what am I saying? Well, I'm saying a lot of things. I'm saying we have to all do better. I'm saying we all have to be better. We all have to examine what is our definition of what a relationship is and what love is for me. Um, everyone should be growing and has a right to grow and our partner should be supporting and caring for us while we're growing. And it's not always our partner's job to grow within the balance of what keeps us comfortable. And I'm going to give you a horrible example. <laughs> and this isn't going to be necessarily relevant to everyone, but it's one example. And maybe sit with what this would mean for you. So I work with some couples where one of the partners says, you know what? I think I want to open up our relationship. I think maybe I want to try being with another person erotically or even relationally. And some people are like not even willing to even have that conversation, but that's important to your partner, this person that you, that you claim to care about. At least lovingly sit and listen. It doesn't mean it's right for you. In fact, it's very hard to go from monogamy to non-monogamy, and a lot of people don't even recommend it. So it's not even just a discussion about the health of reasonability in that request. It's just really about your response. Um, I've said this on the show as a beautiful challenge. You know, parents that say to me, why don't my kids confide in me? Why don't we have a close relationship? Well, because you're not safe. When they tell you things that are upsetting to you or frustrate you, how do you act? That determines whether or not they come back and share things with you. You have to stay calm and loving and say, hey, that was hard to hear, but I love you. Thank you for telling me that. Always tell me that. And that's part of being in a healthy relationship is your partner should feel that way. We should never feel like we're living or walking around on eggshells. That's a sign that you are not a safe partner. Our partner should feel secure and safe and comfortable telling us anything and everything. And we should calmly respond, especially when it makes us anxious. We can acknowledge, hey, that was hard to hear, but I love you. Thank you for caring enough about us to build intimacy and tell me that. And so that's what I worry about. We, again, don't want them to ever grow or change. We want them to be the person we met a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. That's not reasonable. And if you want relationships to have longevity and health, we have to be open to growing along with our partners, whether we like it or not. But that's the deal we have to make. I'll grow with you. I won't confine your growth. I won't just love you to the limits of my comfort. That's not love. That's conditional. All right, we're going to come back to some DMs, and then we're going to jump right back into all this, because I want to raise y'all better. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. All right, let's see. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, is there really such a thing as a two-year curse? In the LGBTQIA plus dating world, bum, 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 a two-year curse. I've never gotten past the two-year mark with anyone I've ever dated. I heard that's a common thing in this community. Why can't we make it past two years? For me personally, I start to get bored or I see my partner's true colors. There it is. You just answered it. It's not two years. Um, you're going to find a wealth of people that break up after six months, one year, two years, five years, 10 years. It's more important to look at what you literally just said. I get bored or I see my partner's true colors. I think the issue is that in the early part of a relationship, which can be anywhere from three months to six months or even up to a year, we're still operating from a place of chemistry often where we are staying with them because we enjoy sex with them. We're attracted to them we're romantically in there. And when conflict emerges 
or when things plateau, what we do in those moments determine how long the relationship can exist. If when you're quote unquote bored, you leave, well, you don't understand later phases of relationships, which aren't going to be as exciting or dynamic as the early phases. It's called new relational energy. In the beginning of any relationship, the newness and the novelty is going to be exhilarating. In fact, it's a lot of dopamine. It's a lot of testosterone, right? We're hungry for them. When they text, when they call, when we see them, we get, we get hits of excitement. That will always plateau when we get into the attachment phases, which are about trust and safety and commitment. You're deter- you are framing that and seeing that as boring and you leave. So it sounds like you might be trapped and always wanting the gifts of early relationship and that you're not able or willing to tolerate the lower levels, which are what later stages of relationships are about. So the work for you is in learning how to tolerate that, knowing that relationships are always ebbing and flowing. And that feeling bored isn't a sign that something's wrong or off. For many people, that will be a natural stage or phase of a relationship. And instead of ending it and running, you should try to find ways to bring back that excitement. Um, And then to the other point, finding someone's true colors, well, then you should be leaving. It means you just are either choosing people that you're not a match with and you're finding that out down the road, or they're developing into someone and they're developing into someone and away from you, um, which is what happens sometimes. But either way, if things down the road are emerging that show an incompatibility, it's appropriate to end the relationship. So no, there's nothing historically, or let me say different, there's nothing psychologically built in. Because again, remember, there's no such thing as like gay or gay psychology. There's gaynesses, there's gay psychologies all very different. It's like saying all women fill in the blank. Well, there's nothing you can fill in the blank that's going to be true for all women. All women are different. There's no, and that's why I get frustrated. People say men like this, men like that, which man, all men are different. There's more commonality and similarities. It depends. Um, what's their age? What's their race? What's their gender presentation? Like all of those are a different kind of person. So there's nothing that's going to hold true for all gay people. Nothing at all. There are very different subcultures within the gay community, so much so that some of them have no commonality other than uh, a, a sometimes interest in the same gender, if even that. Um, so no, there is no curse. Um, I don't believe in curses. No, there is no um, nothing that would stand true for such a diverse group of people. And in fact, we learn more about you and I kind of just walked you through what your work would be. And so I would say when you're hitting that two-year mark and you're finding an incompatibility, well, maybe you should break up. But more importantly, if it's words like, oh, things are a little difficult or I'm feeling a little bored, yeah, but don't make that a problem. Don't see that as something wrong. Work through that and stay in there. That's how we show commitment when we stick around through more difficult, less exciting times. So I think the work is uh, personal for you. So do that. Uh, because if you do want to have a long-term relationship, then you do have to be willing to tolerate and do the work of later phases and stages of relationship. And this is something that hetero people are going to have to go up against as well. Bisexual people, hetero people, pansexual people, whatever it is. Um, it's not always going to be in later stages the same way it was in early stages. It's just not how it goes. And that's the thing. That's the case with everything, a job, a friendship, a new hobby, but we stick with it, you know? Um, great question though. Truly. If you got a question for us, put it in the DMS on our love line IG page topics, questions, things you want to hit circle back to helping others as we're helping you. Because as this question pointed out, um, these are things a lot of people don't get educated on or understand. And sometimes we're getting in our own way and we're trying to make it some kind of, you know, global issue outside of our control when it's very much about us. So, all right, y'all stick around. We got more to come. You're listening to love line with Dr. Chris on channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. 
Oh, Rachel, we are back. And I was just kind of giving this discourse on love and growth and relational health and really born out of this powerful, it's born out of two things. One, there's a TikTok going around about a dating coach and he's giving horrible sexist advice rooted in gender. Guys should do this, girls should do that. And we still live in a time where some people think based on their gender, they shouldn't have to pay a bill or open a door. And it's like, let me tell you something. The straight men in my clinical practice want equality. Truly. They're like, I want someone who's also financially responsible. I want someone who picks up the check sometimes. I want someone who plans romance and takes me out sometimes. And I'm here for that. We're moving beyond it. We can't talk about being in the fourth wave of feminism and in a new decade and it's all about equality and then say, however, I want some of these old school notions where I don't have to do certain things. That's very confusing. It's very conflicting. It's very hypocritical. So we're trying to kind of erase all of that. You know, it's gender apartheid. We're trying to move beyond these expectations and limits. Um, and all that was born out of a study that was like, yo, straight guys, there's too many of y'all that are single. It's overwhelming the apps and the women. 62% plus of people on the dating apps are straight men versus women. And a lot of that is because men's relational health has been tanking and we're not getting any better. And that's because we have books that are titled things like why all men love bitches. Are you kidding me? Um, first off, there's so much wrong with that title. That is absolutely not true. Healthy people want a healthy partner, period, end of story. Unhealthy people are the ones that want to play games and will show up and date people that play games. But interested people like signs of interest. Interested people will never put you down or, 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 or challenge you showing assertion or care. Straight guys like to be flirted with and asked out. Same with gay men. Um, there, 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 is no, there is no game to be played. You know, old dating... All of it falls into two camps, a healthy, authentic um, model, or it's game playing and manipulation. And if you have to manipulate someone to date them and get them into a relationship, you shouldn't be with them. And the only people that value game playing and manipulation are people that play games. So if you have to wait a couple days to text someone back to keep them interested or whatever it is you're trying to do, you're already starting off in the wrong way of the wrong kind of partner. I don't know anyone who's bummed out when someone they care about and am interested in, text them. Text them right after the date. If someone's mature and healthy, you can text them minutes after the date and there's no such thing as too soon because they're happy to hear from you because interested people like signs of interest, interest, excuse me, and they're looking for someone who's assertive and, and is willing to be vulnerable, period, end of story. And that's why, what are the dating rules? There aren't any. Just be yourself. Just be available. It's always, again, as I say, consistent, available, reliable, responsive. That's how you should be showing up, and that's what you should be looking for. You should be acting and looking for someone consistent, available, reliable, and responsive. And if they're not doing that, they're either playing games, red flag, not that interested, red flag, good to know, or they want something very casual. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's appropriate, but good for you to know. And so when we're dating from our truth, we can really flush all of that out. But if we're playing games and we're waiting a couple of days to text back, we're waiting for them to ask us out because we're a girl or we're the femme and we think that things have to be a certain way, we're already stepping into manipulation and we're creating a game playing based relationship. Move away from that. If you wanna text someone, text them. If you wanna see them, ask them out. There's no such thing as too soon. We're dating authentically to see whether or not we're truly compatible. We cannot assess compatibility if we're not dating from our truth. And that's why I always say, where should you go on your date? The kind of places you enjoy going. Let them see what you, who you are and what you like. What should you wear? The things you honestly wear. So again, they can really see and assess who you are because you're showing up as yourself. 
don't sell a dream, don't play games, be yourself from the door so they can really judge, is this what I want? Do they want to move at the same speed I want to move at? Are they wanting something serious or casual? Do they play games or are they authentic? That's what we're trying to assess. And that's why there's more you know, single straight men than we've ever had before. Because luckily women are not dealing with things they don't want to be a part of. They're, will, they're you know, sexually empowered. They're having hookups if they want sexuality. They're not feeling pressure to get married at all or have kids. They're delaying marriage more so than they ever have before because they're like, I'm not rushing in. I don't need it to complete me. I can focus on my career. I can focus on my friends. If I want sex, I'll hook up. I'll go on an app. It's a great thing. People shouldn't be in things they don't want to be in. Um, but there are a lot of people that do want to be in relationships. And the problem is a lack of healthy, viable partners and options. So for those of you that are healthy and doing the work, it'll serve you. You'll stand out by being soft, by being assertive, by acting interested, by leaning in, not leaning out. It's going to be a good thing. Keep doing that. People don't want someone who plays games. People don't want someone who's dating from old school rules. And if they do run, because there's a shadow side to all of that. So when I was driving, uh, driving, when I was diving deeper into the research, there's a couple uh, key quotes that kept coming up. So we'll come back and we'll talk about that. So uh, stick around for that. What are the things that people said they did want? What are the things that people said they are looking for? We'll talk more about that when we come back. It's important to know. And uh, we'll be doing some DMs. DMs are always open. Those are on our Loveline IG page. Got a question for us? Drop in the DMs, helping someone else out as you're helping yourself. Always anonymous, always confidential. Whatever you're wondering about, I got an answer for you. Also, topics you want us to hit, things you want us to circle back to, drop deeper in. That's also on our Loveline IG page. And past episodes of the show are always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Stick around, though. We got a whole lot more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Ah, uh, yes, the article heard around the world. We're talking about and unpacking that. Basically, a study saying, for the first time in history, unprecedented. We have the highest rate of single men, hetero, 62% plus of users on apps, hetero men. Why? Because they're just not healthy enough to be dated. And women are like, yeah, we're good. So what came up in some of these um, roundtable discussions for the research? Well, so they were talking to women uh, ages 25 to 45. That seems to be the, uh, the hot spot. And they were saying, so what's the deal? <laughs> and what was resoundingly said over and over is we are looking for men who are emotionally available, good communicators, and have similar values. It goes for straights, goes for gays, goes for non-binaries. Those are the key terms I hear from everyone. Hear it again. Someone who's emotionally available, someone who's a good communicator, someone who shares similar values. Yeah, yes. No longer are people willing to be with someone just to be with someone who um, doesn't have emotional health, doesn't know how to communicate their needs. And they're struggling to find it because again, what came out of this research was there's not enough men that are in therapy. Um, I know, and that's the joke I'm hearing from clients in my office. Can Dr. Chris, can you give me a letter saying I'm in therapy so I can post it on my app so people know? And I was like, yo, that's actually super smart. I mean, don't literally do that, but I, I appreciate the meaning in that. Because essentially what it means is that uh, for a lot of people, but especially single straight men, because that's what this study was about, they're running out of options unless they um, learn the skills to be in supportive, healthy relationships. And what I hope doesn't happen is the opposite, where instead of them saying, let me do the work uh, to look at why I'm not seen as a viable partner, that I hope it doesn't lead to more anger and frustration and more violence against women, et cetera, et cetera, because that's the route that this obviously could go. 
you know, sit with that one for a second. Uh, we don't know the direction that that's going to go, but that's possibly what could come out of this. Um, further frustration as opposed to saying, let me do that work. So to all the listeners, do that work, get into therapy, read some healthy self-help dating books. Don't read the ones that are gendered about women want this, men want that. That's actually reinforcing of the problem. I, I still can't believe we're doing that. And there's still a lot of that because it really isn't about gender. It's really looking at what are the qualities of a healthy relationship. And anyone who's actually trained knows that. Anyone who's talking about guys, this, girls, that isn't trained. They don't understand the science. The science is showing us what is necessary for a long-term happy relationship. And the qualities are the same for all genders. It's not like, oh, well, guys, this, girls, that. No, like, like, like the women themselves were saying, we want someone who's emotionally available. Anyone, all healthy relationships require emotional availability. That is on everyone's. That, that's something everyone needs to work on. The good communication skills. That's for everyone. And that's why when people say, you know, gay therapy, straight therapy, when you break it on down, relationships require the same stuff. Do I trust you? Do I believe that you'll be there for me? Are you able to build and tolerate intimacy? Again, we all need to have that skill set. It doesn't matter what your gender presentation is. Those are the qualities that build long-term, healthy, sustainable relationships. Um, and so when we look at numbers like this, yikes, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And then I'm constantly doing the research that is telling us that in terms of quality of life and longevity and more, uh, more, more morbidity and things like that. It's looking at how relational health has, has a greater impact than whether you smoke or not. And that we are such relational beings. We are so powerfully impacted by the health of the people we're around, the relationships we're in. I'm glad to hear that people are raising the bar and we're no longer in a time where people are staying in loveless, toxic marriages. Although of course those still exist because there's a lot to lose. People are afraid of being on their own. People are afraid of, you know, taking over full responsibility. There's a multitude of reasons. Um, but I'm, I'm really thankful to see that people are willing to get their needs met. Of course, you know, pandemic stuff is, is in there a little bit as well. People aren't socializing as much, so they're not around other people. People are feeling kind of lonely and bored. Um, there's, there's a lot of things that are kind of supporting some of this. And I do wonder how some of that will shift um, if at all, but all that to say, if you're someone who is doing the work, lead with that, let people know, um, you're going to stand out your emotional availability, your consistency, your reliability, your accessibility, your assertion, all that will serve you. So continue doing that. Don't be, don't be daunted by the sheer number of, um, options. Cause that's, what's happening in my office. Some of the hetero women I'm working with are saying, I'll get so many likes in the course of a day or a week. They're like, how do I possibly sort through and vet all of these? There's just way too many options and people. And I'm like, I hear you. And then all they can go off of is what? Chemistry? Am I finding this person attractive? Okay. But other than that, the few things that can be listed in the dating profile or the few things you can ascertain or learn about someone at a bar or standing in line, those aren't always the best things to go off of. So, um, Yikes. <laughs> Got a lot of work to do, y'all. Um, anyway, we'll keep talking about what those solutions are, though, because this is never about getting overwhelmed or feeling powerless. It's always about saying, okay, challenge accepted. This directs me. Um, you know, what do I need to do so as to be moving towards the solution? 
because um, learned helplessness is definitely not a motivating force. All right, y'all, we're going to do that, and we'll be doing some uh, DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back, drop deeper into, because we want you to get your needs met. So take advantage of that. Um, I get a lot of DMs where people have a question, and if you put it in the DMs on the Loveline IG page, then everyone gets to learn from it. You know, helping you or helping other people. More importantly, though, if you want to check out past episodes of the show, go over to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it because that's where we're going to do a lot of the, rein- the reinforcement. Because as I always say, the quality of your life is rooted in the quality of your practice. It's not enough to listen or read or even go to therapy once a week. You have to go back out into the world and apply this stuff. You have to become that person, you have to really build it in. So I want to make sure everyone's doing that. Um, it's not enough to just sit and meditate. It's about taking those skills out into the world and applying that regulation and that mindfulness when you need it. It's not enough to just read a book about, you know, proper form with exercise. You got to go out and hit the pavement. So you got to do the same thing. Always identifying within the topics we talk about, where's my work within that and how can I go out and apply that? All right, more to come. Stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, so we're back and just really kind of springboarding off of this article and research that was talking about how 62 plus percent of users on apps are men, uh, highest rate in t- culture that we've ever had of single men, and that's a result of a lack of relational health and people having better boundaries and female empowerment and all sorts of stuff. Better learning, we're talking about better relational skills. People are like, I want more. Now, it really matters because we know that we're better off because we're in relationships. When we look at study, and I mean that of all kinds, you know, often when I use the word relationship, I don't necessarily mean romantic, I mean all the different kinds. And some other research came out that's supporting that. There always is, and I love this, because some people are saying, all right, well then maybe we're meant to just live in isolation. It's not true. Um, you know, relationships provide a lot, and I just wanted to kind of bust into some of that research. And this is also why deeper relationships mean more than things that are casual or superficial or short, short term, because we are literally designed to need each other. Um, when we're in love, we feel less pain. It actually gives us more resilience. We're more robust. And knowing that someone's in it with us, even if they're not literally there, but just symbolically there, increases our threshold for for discomfort and pain. Um, Also, in terms of healing from disease, having people there literally, and also symbolically knowing that there's people there for us because they're calling, checking in on us, sending us cards, also helps us recover faster and improve more after um, disease or surgery. And also, how about this one? There's new research looking at how being in a secure relationship of any kind also helps us with creativity. And I think that really goes back to basic attachment theory. It's called a secure base. It gives us a base uh, with encouragement and support to go off into the world because we know there's someone that we can return to. It's like this system. We need a safe haven that we know is available in rough times, but a secure base that sends us off into the world and encourages us that we know we can go back to as a safe haven if needed. And I think that's part of that creativity process. Um, It anchors us. It makes us confident. Um, And then we always talk about some things beyond that, um, mutual eye gazing, touch, time together, and all of that. But I really wanted to just focus on that basic, basic part. And that's why I wanted to keep saying relationships of all kinds, because platonic relationships are just as powerful. We don't necessarily always need to be overvaluing heteronormative or homonormative romantic relationships over friendship, uh, community, and things like that. And that's why I want to make sure we're kind of rounding that out. It's, we don't, it's not that we need romance or eroticism. That's just 
a fun add-on if you want to engage in that. We just need to know that there are humans there for us. When we talk about attachment theory, it's not even talking about sex. It's talking about, do I feel as though there's someone there for me? Is there a place I can go, a safe haven? And as I said, a secure base from which to propel into the world because I know that someone is there encouraging me. That is outside of the romantic and the erotic. So I do want to acknowledge that um, queer, queer platonic relationships and all the different ways we can be in each other's lives are as meaningful. Um, it doesn't have to necessarily just be romantic and, and, and all that, as I just said. So think about that. Um, but I'm a relationalist, you know, that's my work. So I'm always entering it from that perspective because this matters with parent, child, friend to friend, adult to adult, sibling to sibling. Um, we need people. That's really the bigger comment. Um, now tying it back to the whole point of this seg of the show tonight about this, the meaning in this, uh, research in this article is that we also need to be there for others by calling them out on their poor behavior, right? Like that's how people learn and grow. We have to educate people. We have to be willing to be better friends, better family members and saying, hey, that's actually not okay. Because that's part of this is we are very much impacted by the norms and the values of those we spend time around and the advice we give us and what's worked for them. And sometimes we're adopting problematic values and perspectives. And so do pay attention to what cultures you're a part of, what is normalized and validated within that, the advice your friends and family members are giving you. But again, also help those in your life out by saying, hey, might be hard to hear, but I would have handled it differently. Or hey, that's actually not very nice. Because as I said in the earlier parts of tonight's show, all of this doesn't have to be as hard as it is. Life is hard enough in, 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 some, in, in terms of some other structures and institutions that we don't have power over, we're actively trying to change. Um, so much is going on in the world, but these are the little things we, we can tweak on the day to day. I always say the biggest rubric is, does it cause suffering, does it cause harm? Don't cause harm, don't cause suffering, and that's the best way to make decisions as to what steps to take next. Um, but again, just in landing the airplane, um, put yourself out there. Be assertive. Don't get, hung, don't get hung up on these old standards. Consider how you're impacting people. Like let's, let's shift that. Let's make it so that um, there isn't some magical high rate of singledom within any specific population because we've done the work to remove whatever it is that's keeping that ball in the air. We're all part of that system somehow. Even if you're married, you're giving advice. Um, you're guiding people. And for those especially out there in the dating apps and the dating world, clean it up clean it up. You're, you are, you are on the receiving end of that same system that you're, you're, you're making difficult and problematic. You're harming you as you're harming them. So maybe sometimes you need to hear that as the motivating force. Um, all right, when we come back, we're going to be doing some DMs. So if you got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our love line, the G page questions, topics, things you want us to hit, maybe something you want us to circle back, drop deeper into, we'd love to hear from you. Um, so yeah, let us know what are the topics you want us to talk about. That's where a lot of these come from without me addressing it as such people writing in saying, hey, can you cover this again? Or can you explain that? Or did you read this article? And then uh, past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back y'all, so stick around. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher Online Shop stage 
to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all in one e commerce platform to their in person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says Hey, Dr. Chris, I met this guy in a dating app and we've met each other a few times, perfect. I felt really comfortable with him, so I began opening up a little bit to him about my past. I had a pretty horrific upbringing with a lot of violence in my household. So my teenage years and my early 20s were pretty messy until I was able to get on the path that I am now on. And I give you a lot of credit for that. Not everyone is able to work themselves through that. And um, and if you are someone who hasn't been able to, that's no fault of your own as well. Some people, it's going to be ongoing work because of the complexity and, you know, as you said, horrificness, the trauma. So I'm thankful you were able to do that. Um, back to your question, though. You're saying, I'm healing. I'm very proud of my journey. When I told him a few of the details, he immediately got quiet and he wasn't... and said he wasn't looking to become part of my story. I took that as he didn't want to deal with my emotional healing and the things that sometimes trigger me. I don't know why that bothered me so much as everyone has a story. My question is, should I have waited more than a month to tell him about what had happened in my life? Why are people so quick to run after you tell them about your past? There's a lot in this question that I want to break down. Uh, the first one's going to feel a little, a little heavy-handed, and then we'll get to the... Uh, more softer parts. Um, when I hear people say things like, um, he didn't want to deal with my healing, I get that part, but you said he also didn't want to deal with the things that sometimes trigger me. I hope that doesn't mean that you're putting whatever triggers you on him 
to make sure he doesn't do. Remember, triggers show us where our work is. If we get triggered, it's not don't do that, that triggers me, it's I now know what triggers me and I now have to work on not being triggered by that and I have to work on healing that wound. Triggers are a mirror showing us where our work is. Triggers are not for us to say, don't do that, that triggers me, as though that person is wrong for doing it or or the work is for them. So I just wanna clarify that. If this person is there for these triggers or sets them off, it's for you to resolve so that they don't remain anymore. It's not his job to walk on eggshells to never trigger you. Having said that, as I've said on the show before, we do want to be aware of what triggers our partners so that we can lovingly try to soften it or not walk them into it, but it is not our responsibility. It is primarily on the person who's triggered to resolve those triggers. Having said that, a month is a little early. People have to earn their trust and build their way into our deeper, more sensitive parts. It's reasonable early on that if someone doesn't know us and hasn't really attached to us, that if we present to them that we might be a lot of work, that they realize they don't want to take that on. We don't have enough meaning or value for them to imagine taking it on. Just like if I met someone for coffee on our first date and a few minutes in, they're telling me all this stuff. I might be like, wow, that was a lot. I don't know that I want to take that on. But that's very reasonable because I have a wealth of other options. I don't know you. We haven't built anything. Why step into something difficult? But after I've gotten to know you for a while and I've earned trust and I've had some commitment, then you maybe bring me into deeper parts. Early on, you shouldn't be divulging our traumas. That's not good boundaries. There's nothing for them to do with that. And that's not necessary. We don't, they don't know how that's going to show up as, and you don't either. And a lot of people will divulge it in the beginning, thinking they're building intimacy or as a way to get permission that it's okay that they are that way. Hold that back. Let people get to know who you are now before you tell them about who you were. Cause we don't know the ways in which this might exist in the future. And, and, and fairly so, this person might have been like, this sounds like it might be a lot because they don't know that maybe it truly isn't. And maybe it truly is, but they haven't bought into the relationship as being meaningful enough yet, or maybe you as well, to want to do that work. A month is a month means you've barely hung out a few times. They don't know you. People don't know you for many, many, many months. Again, we can't really ask them to commit to a relationship with us until we've been with them through a lot of different conflicts and a lot of different milestones. So I do think that's too soon and there's no need to bring them into those parts. Focus on the more productive, um, relatable and current time parts of yourself, not the history. I, I, I don't think that's a great idea. You know, because you don't know if this person's relationship is to the events you've been through because you don't know them. You don't know what it brings up for them. You don't know who they've dated before and how they might have been up against that. And they don't know you. So I would I would move slower with that. All right, y'all, that is our show. We'll be back tomorrow, though. So join us then. Oh, give yourself a lot of compassion as well as those around you. Have a great night, y'all. And I'll see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 